Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hey there, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is Chad. Thanks for joining us again this week, downloading the podcast. Always appreciate it. Hope you'll uh, tell your friends about us, and I hope you'll give us a rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It really uh, means a lot. helps people find us if you leave us a rating and a review. This is a fun episode of Red Leg Nation Radio. I had a chance earlier this week to talk to Reggie Sanders. You might remember Reggie Sanders. That guy used to play uh, right field for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, finished sixth in the MVP voting in 95. Fantastic year and a fantastic career for the Reds. And, you know, Reggie's one of the finalists. I guess you would call him one of the six players on the Reds' modern player ballot for the Reds Hall of Fame this year, the class of 2018. And to me, it's really a shame that Reggie hasn't uh, already been inducted. And uh, I'd like to see him be inducted this time around. Other great candidates on that list, of course, Adam Dunn. Uh, I've got no arguments with Adam Dunn. Uh, No arguments really with any of them. Uh, But it just seems like it's been an oversight that Reggie Sanders is not in the Hall of Fame right now. So uh, we, we just, let's get him in, the Reds Hall of Fame. You might be surprised to learn, I was surprised, that uh, Reggie, first of all, has uh, he's 20th in career wins above replacement. Reds franchise history among position players, 20th. He, uh, he's, he's the highest, has the highest amount of uh, wins above replacement, wins above replacement of anyone who's not actually in the Hall of Fame, the Reds Hall of Fame right now. And... Uh, well, actually, that's not true. There are two others, Joey Votto and Brandon Phillips, who are still active and not yet eligible for the Hall of Fame. But anyone who's eligible is in. That's ahead of uh, Reggie on the list. Reggie's also, uh, that 1995 season, It was the season Barry Larkin won the National League MVP, actually, Reggie had the highest wins above replacement total uh, on the Reds that year. And uh, just a fantastic season, an all-star. And only one right fielder in the history of the Reds has ever put together a season better than Reggie Sanders' 1995. If you go by wins above replacement. Uh, that other right fielder is a guy named Frank Robinson, who actually turned 82 years old today. Happy birthday, Frank. Um, now, Frank did have three better seasons than Reggie's best, but no other right fielder in, uh, his, in Reds history has had a better season by wins above replacement. Then Reggie Sanders, 1995. So I think people kind of forget, kind of forget that he was that good. It's been 20 years now uh, since uh, he was a regular in uh, at Riverfront Stadium slash Synergy Field. It's uh, and some of the memories of Reggie are, are caught up in um, that 1995 National Championship Series. He talks about that a little bit here uh, in the interview, and you know uh, it is what it is. But it, you can't let that. Uh, you can't let that have an effect on the way you remember Reggie Sanders' career because it really was a good career. Uh, I, I sort of went out on a, a limb and, and said that I was supporting him and I was encouraging people to support him uh, before I'd ever spoken to Reggie Sanders. I've never had any uh, interaction with him uh, until after that. And I did get a chance to to speak with him and, and meet him over the last week and uh, just uh, the nicest guy. His reputation, uh, obviously, is is known far and wide as being one of the nicest guys around and really doing great work with his foundation to help families uh, with autistic uh, family members. And so, uh, and we talk about that a little bit in the, in the podcast interview here. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I know you're here to listen to Reggie Sanders. I really had a good time talking to him. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy this as much as I enjoyed doing it. 
good run in Cincinnati. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, well, first of all, thank you so much um, for the willingness to have me um, really share uh, my my uh, time in Cincinnati, but more importantly, uh, what Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Reds have been able to do um, at the beginning of my career uh, for 17 years playing in the majors. Um, but uh, at the time when I uh, started with Cincinnati, um, I was uh, in college at Spartanburg Methodist College, and um, and I got drafted uh, my first year and um, didn't sign and ended up uh, signing my second year. And um, then I ended up going to uh, Billings, Montana. You're, you're picking the seventh and, round, right? Uh, seventh round in 87, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so picked in the seventh round and um, and uh, then ended up going to uh, Billings, Montana. So r- remind you that, uh, you know, being in Florence, a uh, small town, and uh, we leave our front door open, very conservative uh, Christian family. And um, so leaving home for the very first time in, 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 in those uh, terms uh, was kind of daunting and, and a little scary. Especially uh, at, nonetheless, uh, at 19 or 20 years old, I'd say that was. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, uh, my mom is a single single parent as well. And uh, and so uh, so anyway, so I, you know, she gave me um, my lo- the love and, and support. And, and so I needed to just go out and do what I needed to do. So I went to Billings, Montana, um, and uh, and it was a beautiful, obviously a beautiful uh, country. Um, and uh, the people were warm and the feel was uh, at that time I thought was amazing um, looking back on it. Uh, but the experience was was phenomenal. Um, I still talk to a lot of the uh, players that I played with uh, during that time, and um, I posted a picture yesterday um, on Facebook that uh, uh, from Billings, Montana, and some of, some of the players were like, "Man, we remember those days." So thanks for reminding us. But yeah, uh, that was a, an amazing time. Was building Billings, Montana, and then from uh, Billings, Montana, I went to uh, I think it was. Um, uh, uh, Greensboro Hornets, yes, and uh, which was in North Carolina, which was in North Carolina, and uh, that was uh, obviously a lot closer to home. My, my mom could come, and my family could come and see me uh, quite often. And uh, that was a time I think when I uh, ended up breaking my fibula and fracturing my tibula, and um, that was I was there was a, a basic that I hit. Um, in between um, a shortstop and third base, and I was rounding the bag. Uh, the guy bobbled the ball in left field, and then so I tried to uh, get to second base. Uh, would have made the base, but then what happened, uh, I my cleat, when I was sliding, got caught into second base and, uh, and then ended up... Uh, um, twisting, actually fracturing my ankle. And so, um, so the love that was shown, um, at that time, because obviously it ended my, uh, my, uh, season, um, I'm hoping that it did not end my career and, uh, was able to, uh, the Reds were able to find a doctor, um, um, that was just phenomenal and, uh, ended up going through the process in terms of, uh, I still have the plate and seven screws today um, in my ankle, 
but uh, nonetheless was able to um, have a perfect doctor that could do what he needed to do to get me back to good health, and um, and it didn't stop me um, from there. And so I think uh, it was Cedar Rapids. Ahead, the next, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Cedar Rapids the next year looks like you bounced back uh, really well because I think you were the Midwest League MVP and, and named the top prospect in that league that year, if, I, if I'm looking at it correctly. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, so that was obviously a, a good time as well. And um, and I was just eager to get back and really uh, prove to myself and obviously to the organization, um, you know, that they could believe in me. And, and um, so I was able to go out and really – um, show my talent and, and open some eyes within the organization, and um, and then yeah, that was that was another amazing uh, amazing year as well. And th- and that was the year that the Reds won the World Series, and and you made your actual uh, big league debut the following year. What was it like uh, coming onto a team the year after they won that World Series, and uh, it'd been your organization since you uh, were drafted? How was that coming in on that team the following August? Yeah, so so that was a little nerve wracking as well because when I got the, uh, you know, obviously as a young player, we're always watching the big guys and and seeing what they do and and just hoping one day you would get that call and and so I finally had the opportunity um, when uh, I got the call and uh, you know I I I was in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee at the time and um, so it was uh, Jim Bowden that had called and um, so he said, hey, you know, uh, Eric Davis. Um, was injured, and uh, we believe that, you know, you could fill his shoes, um, uh, you know, while he's out. And I'm like, man, stop playing. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> Eric Davis, right. He's like, yeah, he's like, no. He's like, man, no, I am serious. This is this is a real call. So I literally, I mean, I didn't even wait to hear what he had to say. I hung up the phone, called my mom immediately, and said, Mom, I'm going to the show. And she's like, what? You're going to the show? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's like, I'll be there on the first plane there. I'll, meet you, I'll beat you before before you get there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So anyway, so, uh, so I was like, i got to call Jim back. So I called Jim back, and so we set it up. And, and um, I just remember uh, I wasn't able to pack that day because I needed to get on the plane um, as quickly as I could. So I had my friends to really do that. But the the experience in terms of when I got there, um, you know, uh, was just, I mean, it, it's, it's, it was a dream come true. I um, mean, it was a dream come true because, you know, being, you know, growing up in, in South Carolina, the Braves was, was my team, um, TBS, because of, you know, that was always on television. So getting an opportunity um, to really, uh, being from a small town, to be one of the first uh, major league players to uh, make it to the majors uh, was just a phenomenal, you know, not only for my psyche, but just for, you know, everything that was paved before me. So getting there and um, going into the clubhouse and everyone welcoming me and, and um, you know, the Reds being a phenomenal organization, um, you know, and, and uh uh, Joe Nuxall, I remember him. I mean, he's just, uh, he, I think he was my first interview uh, when I got there. And um, then putting on that uniform and getting my first locker. And uh, and uh, Lou Pinella uh, was a manager at that time. And, um, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just a dream come true. And I think we were playing the Mets um, at the time. So I remember when I was, uh, so they, they called my name. And uh, so, you know, obviously you run out to the field. And so the first ball that was hit to me 
I mean, literally, I could not wait for the ball to come down. So I literally <laughs> jumped up to catch the ball. My feet would not stay on the ground. So I mean, it was just and just the crowd. And I mean, it was it was it was a it was something to remember. And that's that feeling I would never ever forget. And and that's one of the things that you know I work part time for the Kansas City Royals. So that's one of the things that I share quite often um, in terms of you know the first the first in terms of the organization giving you an opportunity to um, live out your dream. Um, you may not end it there, but that first is always something that you will never forget. So always treasure that. Absolutely. And, and I look at the, uh, I pulled up the, the game and, you know, you're, you're the leadoff hitter in your first game. You're playing center field, uh, which is where Eric Davis had, had roamed for many years. Um, and, and yes. hitting right behind you in the lineup, Barry Larkin, I mean, on the defending world yeah. champions. I mean, what a, what a situation. Hey, Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Barry, obviously Barry is Barry. And so I remember being in Cedar Rapids and they said, um, Reggie, um, so, I came up as a shortstop, so maybe people remember or don't, but maybe don't. But right. uh, I came up as a shortstop, so they said, you know, hey, Reggie, we have Barry Larkin here. Uh, we love what you can do, but we believe uh, from an organizational standpoint that center field or the outfield would be the best scenario for you getting to the major leagues uh, quickly. So I let my ego go and said, I said, you know what, I'll make that transition. So the beautiful thing was I made that transition within a year. Um, and from shortstop to center field. And so uh, when I first, when I came up, then there were three uh, individuals that took care of me like none other. Barry Larkin was one, Eric Davis was the other, and Glenn Braggs was the, the uh, third person. And so Eric Davis, you know, when you think of in terms of when you're coming to either take someone position or be in, you know, to, to cover someone, um, you, usually there's a little bit of uh, ego or something that gets in the way of, I'm not helping him or whatever. Eric from day one did not do that. His integrity and his willingness to be able to help me to be the best that I could be um, in center field, I will never, ever forget that. Uh, Barry Larkin and I, we be became and our family became extremely close uh, for all the years that I played there as well. And then Glenn Bragg. Glenn Bragg was a guy that uh, when I got called when I got called up, he gave me a car to drive. He let me stay in his apartment. Um, he, I mean, he took care of me like a brother. So those things that that th those memories will never, ever leave uh, my soul. That's interesting to hear you say that. I actually don't think I told you, but I have a book coming out about Red's history uh, next spring, and uh, and there's a, a you're, you're involved in the, our chapter on the 95 Reds uh, pretty heavily. We'll talk about that in a moment. But everyone we talked Thank about, um, everyone we talked to, no one ever had a bad thing to say about, uh, especially Larkin or Davis, in terms of leadership and just what you're saying, just uh, uh, running that clubhouse and uh, – Taking the young young guys under their uh, under their wing a little bit, and really seem like two really uh, amazing amazing leaders of of men in some ways. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and 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 the thing that that resonates uh, the most is is the impression from a young perspective in terms of what the older individuals can give you, and then when you in in the game become 
the adult, I'll say, then you know how to give it back to the young individuals. So that's why I believe that it's so critical to have um, um, legends around to be able to show the young generation in terms of what it means to be uh, respectful, what it means to be uh, an ambassador to the game and to your community, what it means to really go out and and do the best that you can do and give what you can give to win that ball game that day. You, you played with a lot of great players over the years. Where, where does Barry Larkin rank in terms of just playing ability uh, amongst the, the players you've played with? Well, I, I, I believe that the, the, the baseball world um, has spoken, and they have spoken in, in a powerful way. And, and what I mean by that is he's in the Hall of Fame. And so what he has done um, for one team, for one organization, for so long, um, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's mind-blowing. Um, It's hard to rate him in terms of numbers, um, but I would have to say him and Ozzie Smith is is one and one. I can buy that, but uh, I want to talk about Reggie Sanders again. Uh, 1992 was your first full season in the big leagues and uh, finished fourth in rookie of the year vote. Had a really good year, 274 average, 12 home runs, played 116 games. and I think you made the team out of spring training. Is that right? You were on the opening day roster? Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? So here's a funny story. So um, I went down to, uh, let's see, I went down to, before the spring training uh, season, um, um, this was before I got called up. And um, this is before back, before I got to 95. But um, I got called up. And then so uh, – uh, in spring training, I had the opportunity to, to you know, to, to really open some eyes again. So here, here I am. I'm, I'm in the lineup. Um, then we got we're facing Nolan Ryan, right? So <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, right. okay, this is a good, this is good. <laughs> so then, um, you know, you hear all these stories about, you know, you can't show Nolan Ryan up. You know, if you if you hit a home, if you do anything great off of him, you got to make sure you be respectful and run it out and, and and not show him up. Okay, so here we are in spring training. I think uh, we were in Winter Haven. Um, so anyway, so I end up hitting a home run. So. I wasn't even excited about the home run. I was speeding my butt around uh, <laughs> the bases so that I wouldn't get hit the next time. So it's amazing what people will say to you in terms of impression. Uh, but I'm sorry. But anyway, back to that. No, that's a, that's a great story. Uh, well, t- tell me about your first experience and all your experiences, I guess, really with opening day in Cincinnati. That's a, that's a special day in, in town. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, uh, so opening day is, uh, you know, obviously uh, a huge deal um, for the Reds organization. Do they still do it? Oh, do yes. They, they, oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. 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 So, um, you know, obviously the parade and, and um, what the, the, the whole community comes together and, and really celebrate uh, the, the new season and the excitement that brews, you know, around uh, the energy of that of that year, and I just remember, um, you know, just walking um, 
because um, I lived in uh, on East Avenue, so I lived close to the ballpark where I could I literally walk to the ballpark. So I remember, you know, walking um, to the ballpark um, during opening day, and uh, before obviously all the festivities. Um, but just the just the love in terms of of, uh, of people stopping and saying, "Man, we are so excited um, for the season. We're so excited for you. We're so excited for everyone." And um, just the love and energy in terms of what um, uh, uh, that town just means uh, for the Reds um, and and the love that they bring every single day, um, win or lose, and also too. You know, it is a tough town um, in terms of if you're not doing well, uh, they will let you know um, real quick um, that you need to get your butt together. That's true. It's true. Um, but that was a pretty good uh, uh, first uh, sort of full season. I mean, uh, your your rookie year, technically your rookie year. Um, were you starting to feel at that point and then into 93 like you, you'd arrived and uh, were ready for bigger things? Yeah, well, I mean, the season, the 95 season itself obviously was, uh, was, um, was a stance in terms of, um, of, uh, I'm sorry, my phone is ringing. Hold on one second. That's fine. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, uh, okay. Um, so the 95 season, um, uh, for me was, was a season of, um, of believing and, and knowing that I had the ability to go beyond. And, um, and so I was, I was, I was able to, to, to get comfortable enough to, to start to realize my strengths, um, and also recognize my weaknesses, but more importantly, stay within my strengths. Um, and, and, and also, uh, communicating, uh, with some of, you know, like Barry Larkin and Eric Davis and, and Billy Hatcher, um, uh, we had Kevin Mitchell at that time as well. I mean, some, some, uh, we had Ron Gant. I mean, we had some amazing guys and so willing and, and the willingness for our community, uh, within our club to, to really learn, um, from those individuals, uh, for myself to be able to get to the next level. So 95, you absolutely right. Was, was, was that next level for me and, and also being able to sustain that and, uh, from a mental perspective as well. Um, and diving into that with them and, and, and really learning how to do that. So, yeah, 95 was, uh, was, was, uh, was a beautiful year. Obviously, the, the team won the, the Central Division that year, but coming into the year, I imagine there had to be a lot of confidence because the year before, you guys were first place in the Central and the, the strike happened and uh, no World Series that year. But did, coming into 95, did, did, did you personally and, and did the team sort of feel like, this is going to be our year to really uh, to really do something because it was a it was kind of a loaded team, especially the offense. Yeah, it was an extremely um, loaded loaded team. We had Davey Johnson um, that was uh, the manager at the time, and um, so Dave Dave Johnson obviously believed um, in us. Um, he, you know, he obviously is a, is a great manager and a great man. Um, but uh, but from a team perspective, we we really had some guys that were tough. Um, that knew the game, um, they knew what they needed to do to win the series or the game that day. And, um, and I think once when we got to postseason, um, one of the difficult um, pieces I think that was for me, uh, because I was hitting my fourth at that uh, 
that year is um, I had a had a rough uh, postseason, and so one of the things I wasn't able to um, control um, during that time my emotions, and I really wanted to happen fast. I wanted to do it. I wanted to be the guy. I really wanted to prove that you know that I have a- arrived, and uh, ended up um, not doing so well because my thought pattern uh, was not correct uh, at that time when we're talking about in the postseason. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, and that's one of the things I always think about in terms of, you know, when I'm sharing uh, to young individuals, um, you know, for the first time is, uh, is, 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 is that experience as well. So did, I guess, did that experience, and of course you faced three Hall of Fame pitchers in that Braves series. It's not like you were uh, facing just anybody, but did the fact that you did, did, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> right. uh, did the fact that you did sort of not live up to what you wanted to do in that series, you, you ended up playing in three World Series, I think, afterwards. Uh, do, you, do you think that experience really helped you later in your career as you got into those uh, situations more? Yeah, it did. It did. Um, yeah, it, it, it did a lot. You know, it was, it was kind of redemption, um, um, you know, for me. But, uh, but obviously, you, you know, even when you do have the success and um, you're able to overcome, um, in the back of your mind, there's still those scenarios in terms of, of what that is and what could have been. Um, um, and so just for, for me, um, it, it's, it's, it's like my, it's like, it's like family, right? When I think of the res, it's like family. It's like my first, um, so child. And so when, when you do something, um, uh, or not do something, um, then it, it always reminds you of that. So, yeah, but, but the redemption part of that being in the other three world series was, uh, was gratifying as well. You made, uh, the all-star team that year as well. How was that experience? I think it was in Arlington, Texas. Oh yeah. So Arlington, Texas. And then, uh, I was in the home run derby, which is totally different, right. uh, from what it is today. Um, but yeah, so I was in the home run derby as well. I think Ron Gant was in the home run derby at that time as well. So, okay. So the home run derby, we're in Arlington and I'm feeling very, very good. And so, you know, hitting the ball out easily in Arlington, uh, I had a guy that was throwing the ball extremely well. So then, I get this one, I, I forget who it was, but I get this guy that's throwing almost sidearm. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, like, so I'm like, okay, Red, you got to do this. So I end up, <laughs> I end up, I think, hitting two home runs in the home oh. run derby contest. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, so that, but, but, uh, but that was a great experience, uh, getting an opportunity to, uh, represent obviously, uh, the Reds and, um, and uh, that that whole All Star experience is obviously a, a, a unique and a fun experience for our players um, uh, to experience, and hopefully, you know, um, you know, all players will get an opportunity to experience that one time. You know, I mean, you deserve to be there. You hit three oh six that year with twenty eight home runs, ninety nine RBIs at the end of the day. But uh, it being your first time there, was it strange just walking in that clubhouse, uh, knowing that you deserve to be there, but looking around and seeing all these. Uh, all these stars that are a little older than you, a lot of them. Uh, what was that experience yeah. like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, quite a humbling experience. 
um, um, you know, it's, it's uh, there, there's so many people that number one, um, media, uh, when you walk into the clubhouse, um, it, it's just infused with so many people. So you, you literally have to go around and, um, say hello to uh, each individual, um, because you have to kind of, you know, dive in and dive out of, of people. Um, but, uh, but, but just the love and respect in terms of, uh, of, uh, of what uh, each player uh, show, have shown um, uh, and, and thank you in terms of, uh, of um, you know, I, I remember I, I was thinking of a story, you know, in terms of, um, of Mike Piazza and uh, Mike Piazza and I, we were side by side, um, at, you know, in locker um, at that time. And, um, and uh, obviously, you know, he's a Hall of Famer as well. And, and just the, 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 the one-on-one connection um, that we had at that time uh, in a very short period of time um, <clears throat> is, is, is something that, uh, that uh, him and I, we kind of carry uh, to this day. And so, um, so yeah, so just those, just, just those connections in terms of just players that you, you, you may not get an opportunity uh, to be with. But at that time, being with them and, and really, uh, can, uh, really uh, developing relationship is uh, really what it's about as well. Absolutely. Um, well, a great year. You know, they have this stat called uh, wins above replacement now, where they try to take not just hitting but also defense and base running and taking everything into account. And, you know, Barry Larkin won the National League MVP that year. You finished sixth in the voting, but you actually led the Reds in this wins above replacement. Uh, according to the newfangled statistics, you were the most valuable player on the Reds that year. That's that's how good a year that was uh, in the context of uh, the way baseball was in 1995. And it's also why uh, I think it's uh, sort of a – a real oversight that you've not uh, not in the Reds Hall of Fame yet, but we'll see what we can do about that. But uh, was that the most Thank memorable? You. Was that the most memorable season of your career in Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah, that would have to be the most memorable. Obviously, getting called up for the first time um, is is uh, is quite memorable uh, as well. Um, um, yeah, but I, w- I would have to say, in, in terms of numbers, um, I would have to say ninety five is is uh, is up is is the one. Now, you know, 96, 97, 98, the, the Reds were third place, third place, fourth place. Uh, you know, Ray Knight uh, took over, and then Jack McKeon took over. And uh, as, as 98 ended, going into the, the next season, February 2nd, 1999, you may remember that date, when you were traded to San Diego. Yeah. How'd that feel to be traded away from yeah. Cincinnati? Well, that was a little daunting as well, um, you know, being an organization um, – um, for, for, for a little bit of time and, um, and coming up with them as well. And then getting traded for the first time, um, was, uh, was a little scary. Um, but, uh, but at that time I know I needed it, to, it, it the organization needed it to happen. So I, I get that. Um, so I got the call and, um, uh, from Jim Bowden and, um, and then, uh, uh, they said San Diego. So which was, uh, which was a little at ease because my wife was from San Diego. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so it made it a little easy uh, on that perspective in terms of that. Uh, but anyway, going, going to uh, San Diego um, at that time uh, was, 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 was good um, and which was, which was great. I had a great year um, there, uh, you know, when I left uh, uh, Cincinnati. And also getting an opportunity to play with Tony Gwynn as well was, uh, was phenomenal too. 
Yeah, you did have a really good year there, and then, uh, but uh, I guess that was the end of a uh, of the longest time you had with any team uh, in baseball, and certainly your first organization. Uh, when you think back on Cincinnati and and on the Reds, are there are there things that stand out that uh, made that time special to you? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does. I mean, it even. Even like when I when I um, when I was with San Diego and I came back um, to play um, against the Reds, um, you know th- that um, in terms of what the the fans and the, the community um, and the organization too, um, you know, just being there and the media um, uh, when I when I was there, I mean, just just the. Um, the smiles and, and, and the satisfaction uh, in terms of uh, just care um, that they shown to me at that time uh, was just was just uh, phenomenal. Um, but um, the memories and uh, those things that you know I've talked about earlier um, are things that will uh, even for my wife um, would would never and my kids. I mean, I had um, you know I had uh, before I left. Um, I had uh, two kids at that time, and so my kids even remember, um, you know, um, you know, family day, and uh, and my wife. I mean, we would literally, um, you know, pick a school and and would do um, backpacks for the whole school. I mean, we would give to the community like we've never give given to any community. So I mean, so we really try uh, tried our best to entrench ourselves into uh, that community in in a thoughtful um, and in, also in a meaningful way well it was a you know it was a great run a really superb career and uh, you know we've posted the the stats that are, are all these every, lots of websites have about why it's uh, one of the better careers in Reds history but um, you know one thing I wanted to talk to you putting all that aside is I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your foundation. Um, which I've been learning oh, more yeah. about, and, and uh, I think it's outstanding. You want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my foundation was uh, developed because of my brother Demetrius, um, who has autism. And so he's 38 years old now. And so when you think 30 years ago, um, you know, it was 1 in 10,000, and today it's 1 in 68 um, kids. Um, that are diagnosed, uh, one out of 68 kids that are diagnosed with autism. Um, and it's one in 42 um, diagnoses, uh, four times as many boys as it is girls. Um, but um, it, it is, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a very um, tough, um, you know, uh, scenario to go through in terms of the family. Um, but I wanted to develop my foundation to support him as well as uh, other individuals uh, just like him. And um, so what we do uh, within our foundation is we, um, we create uh, fun um, games, um, events uh, for um, communities, and uh, it's called the Advantage Games, and it's learning, it's uh, education, it's uh, job um, placement, um, housing placement. Um, I mean, you name it. Uh, we try to uh, support the family um, in whatever way we can, and uh, we have wonderful organizations. We have uh, providers uh, uh, throughout 
the community, and then also we partner with other organizations to make sure that we are helping um, them as well um, in their efforts uh, to support the community as well. Uh, my brother, uh, he's doing extremely well. He's um, working, um, so which is phenomenal. Uh, we're working on this independent piece. Uh, so we have someone that comes into the home Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and so is in training in terms of uh, of helping him to uh, hopefully uh, be able to make that transition. And then lastly, um, um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's one of those um, those issues um, that we're dealing with um, in terms of uh, health care. And so we are diving into the healthcare component of uh, of uh, making sure that we support these individuals as well. Well, you're doing doing outstanding work, and I would encourage everyone that's listening to this go to ReggieSandersFoundation.org, uh, donate, uh, do what you can to uh, help support that cause because really, um, just doing uh, amazing work, and uh, really appreciate you you taking you. taking that on. Um, well, and I also Thank appreciate you. you coming on and talking to me for just a moment here. Uh, I'll let you let you let you go, but uh, really hope we get the chance to see you in Cincinnati here in sometime in the near future. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to the Reds Nation, and uh, you guys, you guys keep rocking. Thank you so much. Awesome, thank you. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.